Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Welcome on back. 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Five o'clock hour here. Thank you so much for making us a part of your night. Jazz and the Pacers tip off uh, technically about two hours from now. It'll you getting right nervous? Now. You getting scared? For what? You getting anxious? For what? For the tip off. Do you get the pregame butterflies? Still? No. Oh, it's not special to you. It is. Oh. It is. I just don't. Because when you lose those butterflies, that's when I've decided that it's time no, to move on from stuff. But they're not nervous. Ah. Excited. But got... that's nerves, emotions. Oh, yeah. Like, I feel something. <laughs> but it's not, oh, my gosh, <laughs> what's going to happen? Uh, no. I'm no, just, no, no. I'm just teasing you. I, mean, I know. I know. But, like, there's different. Uh... I mean, it's not a real Grand Valley Vipers game. So. <laughs> oh, that anthem. I'm just like. Am uh... I adding a name in there, by the way? Is it just real Grand Vipers? No. Rio Grande Valley yeah, Vipers. RGV. You can't have four names in your in your team. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can't. Pick one. Uh, no. What's the most nervous you've ever been? Oh, okay. Well, Since in fact, a, a throwback to the Tony and Austin show, uh-huh. which you can catch weekdays 10 to noon here on the Zone Sports Network, uh, contrary to what Jake Hatch's Twitter may have told you. Uh, the most nervous I've ever been in my lifetime was when I was going to be seeing my wife in her wedding dress for the uh-huh. first time. And because Tony and Alex Lindbergh, who's producing for us today, you have to nail that reaction. You, I, you have to be, ju- you have to be genuine with it. You've got to tell the truth. You have to have a genuine reaction, but it also has to be big enough for that once in a lifetime moment. Mm-hmm. But it also can't be so over the top that it's uh, that they don't believe you. It's fake. Okay. But then if you undersell it, this then you ruin it. That was honestly the most nervous I have ever been in my life. And I've, I've looked down the barrel of a gun before. And that was not as, I was not as nervous then as I was the time I had to see my wife in her dress for the first time. Okay. All yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Always wonder that. Things got real there, but I'm, I'm serious. <laughs> okay. What about, uh, if, you, if you blow that? Yeah, no, you can't blow that. <sighs> you, you've got to have the right reaction to that. It was the best acting anyone's ever done in their life. And I wasn't acting like I really felt that way, mm-hmm. but I was so overthinking it that I was afraid I was going to overact it. Yeah. I nailed it. The though. other one you got to nail, too, is when you're informed that you're expecting. That's all? Okay. Right. Yeah, you, right. you can't have a like, wait, what? Oh. Oh. Oh, great. No, huh. no, no. You, you got it. No, no. Interesting. There was somebody yeah. who recorded like this. Uh, this guy, I don't know if it was boyfriend, girlfriend, or husband, wife, but they, she showed him the news about having the baby, and he goes, "Oh crap!" Oh no! 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 That that almost anything else would have been better. Then oh, crap. that poor guy I was like, yeah. So there's different moments of being nervous. Although I did also see one of those where it was their sixth. And the guy was not happy. Yes, we played it on uh, the show. Yeah, the guy who was like, what? No, no. (laughs) He's he's like been planning retire. He's like only six more years until they're all out of the house. (laughs) And now it starts all over. That was really funny. That one was really, really funny. But when have you been the most nervous? uh, Speaking at Hot Rod's funeral. Oh, that would be nerve wracking. Because I was not just talking about Hot Rod. I, I was asked to do the impersonations of him and... 
like Ron Boone said it best. I, we're on the flight going uh, to Phoenix, and then when the flight had landed, and we were waiting to get off. He like stands. He's standing. I'm sitting down. He's standing next to my seat, and he goes, "See, it's different. I got to give a talk." you got to put on a show (laughs) and here i am funeral yeah 90 percent of the people there i don't know but they all like we're talking college roommates we're talking teammates we're talking childhood friends i mean uh, legends of people daughters i mean i i I was friends with one of his daughters but the other two i kind of knew of them had they ever heard the impression yeah okay so they at least felt comfortable but still doing the impression was one thing landing it was another you had to make sure that it was um a wonderful tribute it had to be endearing not disparaging there's a really fine line to walk there so i've got to kind of rip on him a little bit in a fun way but not a uh disrespectful way right i've got to create humor at a funeral i've got to kind of make people laugh and uh, have some fun with it you've got to deliver it in a way where it's not awkward or weird if i just jump up there and start like throwing out quick little one-liners, people will be like, what was that? Yeah. So I had to give it a good, long 30-second, like, you know, magic, 15-footer for the base, no good, rebound, big mark, outlet to Stock, Jazz on the run, Stock down the middle, bounce pass to Carl, hammer dunk, the mailman, Stock down the load, Carl with 32 points, Stock with 15 assists, Jazz up 98-94, timeout LA. Like I had to do something kind of in a descriptive thing and then jump into that. Yeah. And then after that, I just told stories like he told them to all of these people over all these years. Did you once break into your own voice? Yeah. Okay, all right. So I would talk about, yeah, there was this, there was that, and then... There and was... then you'd relive him telling that story. Yeah. That's, and then that's cool. They had probably heard those stories a thousand times, so, or they could believe that that's probably something he would have said in some interactions mm-hmm, I had mm-hmm. with him. So then it was fun. There was laughter, there were smiles, and oh, it went well. But let me tell you, I, I don't know, I don't think I'll ever be that nervous again. I was hyperventilating nervous. Yeah, I don't, I would have told him, I'm sorry, I, I don't feel comfortable. Like, cause I, I Tony, the props to you for doing it. That takes guts to get up oh. there and do something like that. Oh, because <laughs> you, you mentioned it's a fine line. That doesn't even tell you that. Like, there's no other words to describe it other than those words. But that does not carry the gravity with it. Yeah, that there would have been. You're at you're you're at a, you're at the man's funeral. Well, and, and, and or, you don't want to make it a joke, but right. you also don't want to undersell his greatness because so. he's not a joke. He's not. Right. He's not a second rate, you know, cartoon character. He's not. No, he is a legend. He is somebody that everybody in this uh, at this golf country club at the time we were outside. They all love him, you know. They all have great memories of him. A lot of them loved him as a without basketball right. in their relationship, and that yeah. was the part I was nervous about. I wasn't nervous about Jerry West. I wasn't nervous about Al McCoy. I wasn't nervous about Rod Thorn. I wasn't nervous about the who's who that were there. Mm-hmm. I, no, it was about their friendships and his meaning that and the daughters. Mm-hmm. I've got to land this for them. And the, the fact that Kim, his daughter, trusted me with that, and when she asked me to speak at the funeral, I was like, wow, I'd be honored to. Uh, he was a friend of mine. I, the fact that you would think of me at that level, wow, it's so wonderful. And then I was like, And then wait, you vomited wait, wait. in the and bathroom. And I said, wait, 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 wait. Are you asking me to do what I think you're asking me to do? She's like, oh, yeah. Oh. I'm like, okay, okay, well... <laughs> I was scared to death, man. And then you sent her the bill. And, yeah. No, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no, but it, it went well, 
But I was, yeah, I was very, very scared. I was very nervous. Rightfully um, so. So anyway, th- those are those are the moments. Do you think an NBA like the Jazz hosting the the Pacers here at Vivint Smart Home Arena tonight, pregame at six, tip off at seven, right here on the Zone? Do you think the elite of the elite in the NBA still get those? Maybe they, maybe it, it's not nerves is a mm-hmm. bad word for it. Maybe it's not that they're nervous. But do you think that Donovan, Rudy, uh, you know, Paul George, LeBron, Kawhi Leonard, do you think these types of guys still get those uh, flutters or emotions of excitement and determination before every single tip-off? Yeah, I think different players feel different things before the game. Okay. But they feel something. Like, there is a pregame. Like, I don't think they – my perception is they definitely don't feel – uh, the same thing sitting there right before tip-off that they would, uh, I don't know, waiting in line at the DMV. Okay. Or, I, I don't know the best example. <laughs> right, 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 right. But there's some, they feel something. And I've been in clubhouses before baseball games and uh, NBA locker room before even a game seven. And I tell you what, different players you can see have different routines. And some of them are maybe lighter and some of them are more serious. Kobe's the most intense thing I've ever seen in my life, man. Mm. He just sat there in that chair, staring at the ground, uh, like clenching his fist, you know, like almost not like popping his knuckles, but it almost looked like he was, you know, the way he was like pressing his thumb up against his closed index finger. Okay. And the way he did it, like you could see his level of focus. Uh, like you didn't want to be like, ah, oh, Mr. Bryant, uh, I have some news. Like you didn't. <laughs> You didn't want to disrupt this. The fire alarm's going off. Oh, there, there, there's an earthquake, and everyone's like, don't tell Kobe. You could tell. <laughs> don't, don't bother him. Oh, it was before a playoff game. You could tell he was in a different world. Like, I, yeah, he was in a different world. Which is one thing I want to get into, too, because this was like 2008, the example I'm giving you of Kobe is before a game. Okay. Um, Am I overdoing it when we talk about overdoing it and stuff like that? Am you I never, overdoing you never it? No, grandiose. I don't do this stuff. Yeah. But I, but I really am trying to be checked on this because I, I try to do my homework with these grandiose statements and things like that. I think this is the best jazz basketball since the turn of the century. This team's the best. Uh, like they're a quality road team, combined with the fact that they're number one in offense over a good number of games. The defense is still like at a top ten level. Um, and the way they're playing, how connected they are, the fact that they're eventually going to get a, a key player back, the way they're playing for each other, the way each individual is making the other one better, I think is so glaringly obvious. The depth that has started to surface, like a Niang and a Tony Bradley, and those guys don't have to have all-time games every time, but Clarkson and Moutier that can give you 20. They, they have like four or five guys in their starting lineup that can give you 20, and it wouldn't surprise you. Okay. It would not surprise you at all. So when I say this is the best brand of ball I've seen since the turn of the century, I, I'm very confident in that thought because I go back to that 08 team, let's say, okay, and they had really good stretches that were quality ball, but they weren't as good on the road. Uh, the 07 team, people remember they went to the West Finals. They weren't as good as the 08 team. Um if you really get down You're to... You're talking 07, 08? Mm-hmm. Or 06, 07... I'm sorry, 08, 09. 07, 08. 08, 09 wasn't very good. They right. lost okay. in the first round. Okay. But... This stretch, my opinion, I, I really look at this and I go, no, the, the quality of ball and the balance and the depth and all of that, this is the best that I've seen, in my opinion, the best brand of ball, because I think it's more sustainable and I think they are more of a serious threat than even that 08 team was. That word you just mentioned, sustainable, is where I'll, was what I'll point to. Okay. It, it could turn out to be that you're right. I don't know that I can say 
42 games into this season that this team is better than that 08 team. I can't I, I think at times so far I mean they just finished a 16 of 18 stretch. Did that 08 team even do that in that season? I don't know. I can't recall. And I also, you know, it's different way in different opponents then versus now. And you were going with which uh, which detail about did they do that? in that Sixteen stretch? of eighteen, uh, maybe they went they went fifty six and twenty six. I'll give them that. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, overall in the season, fifty four and twenty eight. Right. Oh, were they in oh seven oh eight? I thought they were 56-26. You might be right. Yeah, 50. I mean, we're talking two games here. It's I mean, but, an incredible but still, they season. Were, they were very good, yes. Right. And so, I, I, but I've seen too much uh, of the first part of the season this time, this year for the Jazz to say, well, this 16 of 18 stretch put a stamp on it. They're better than that Western Conference Finals team that Boozer and D. Will went to. Mm-hmm. But if they play like they've been playing over this 16 of 18, the rest of the season at the at minimum, I don't think it's an ev- even an argument yeah. that we're going to be better than that. Team. Because I look at it in the Jazz, yeah, you're right, 54 wins. They were fourth in the West, but they were technically the fifth best team. The way it was, if you won your division, you were a top okay. four seed, but they didn't have home court against the Rockets. So stupid. Uh, they, yeah, right. It was, it was all backwards. And by the way, speaking of Hots, explaining that to him was... He's <laughs> <laughs> like, no, we're, we're the five seed. I'm like, okay, so Hots, uh, before you go on the air, we're actually the four seed. But no, no, we don't have home court advantage. If we were the four seed, we'd have home court advantage. First two games back in Salt Lake, and then we go back to Houston for three or four, and he breaks down. That's the, the way it should be. I'm like, yeah. Hots, I know that's the way it should be. It's no, nah, that doesn't make no sense. We're the five seed. I don't want to hear it. Okay. <laughs> go with it. <laughs> whatever. It really, whatever. Hots, yeah. I mean, what was I going to tell him? Yeah. Anyway, not the point. The point being, though, is, yeah, they, they you could look at teams in that race and say, they're not beating them in a seven. Like in, in 07, I watched that going, there's not a chance they're beating San Antonio in that West Finals. Like they beat Golden State. That was wonderful. That was spectacular. There was not a chance they were winning that West Finals. Uh, when they were playing the Lakers, I know they had them 2-2, and that was great in that second round in 08. But I did not think that they were going to win that series. I didn't think it was realistic. Um, there was a flaw there. They, they, they weren't good on the road. And everybody kept thinking, if they could just steal one game on the road, no. Because eventually someone was going to steal one in your home court, which is what Phil Jackson was great at. So... There was something there that I always felt like, yes, they're great. They're just missing some stuff. Whereas this team, I'm like, yes, they're great. There's not a team they can't beat in a seven, even if I didn't favor them. And this thing is going to get serious because they have reached a terrific level. And I still think they still have a couple levels they can hit. Yeah, Mike Conley only played 15 minutes on Saturday. My gosh. Let's let's be honest. There's a lot left that the Jazz can accomplish this Mm -hmm. season. It can go the other way, too, but I don't think either of us feel like that first part of the season was the real version of the Utah Jazz. Did you see the shot chart uh, the other night? From uh, the Kings uh, the game? Jazz? I saw the first 10 possessions okay. shot chart. The shot chart, end of game. Oh, and this is not that I I don't know how many, whether or not you get this yeah. right, I'm not holding you to this. I'm just saying, like, just give it your best guess. How many total shots the Jazz took the whole game, uh, non-paint twos? Uh, nine. Zero. <laughs> How about that? Their shot chart, all beyond mm-hmm. the arc, all in the paint. Ton in the restricted area, of course, all that. And part of that's the Kings. I mean, that, that's not a great okay, team. Right. But the point being is they have an objective, they execute, 
to achieve that objective. So you're telling me Carmelo Anthony's a perfect fit for, <laughs> for this system. <laughs> well, he'll shoot beyond the arc. I'll give it that. <laughs> but uh, but uh, just quality shots, uh, focus, detail, attention to detail. Uh, no matter who's out there, Clarkson could give you 20 off the bench. Maybe Moutier does, right? I mean, there's, there's really something here that I think is more sustainable and more real uh, than even some of the Darren and Boost teams, which I thought were very good, and there's no disrespect to them. But in my opinion, this brand is something that I think is of a bigger threat. Well, coming up next, I got I got a couple numbers okay. for you, Tony, that will prove that this little stretch the Jazz have gone through has not just been the schedule. It's it's for real. Okay. Uh, right now, Ryan joins us. He's with the, the Utah Jazz Fan Show. And it's a fan show, but you're also a guy that likes to really analyze the Jazz and dial into what's happening. I, I've said I think it's the best brand of Jazz basketball since the turn of the century. Am I too strong with that, or is there a different no. window you thought was better? Love it. And did any of those other teams have a minivan? <laughs> I mean, uh, if we're going to get down to it. I mean, Memo in some way, right? No, no, no Mem- okay. Memo had that uh, that engine. Maybe he that was, was a full-on shuttle, you know, like a Silverado or something. I feel like he had a V8, though. Yeah. Okay. All yeah, right. yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah, calling yeah. it right now. Tonight's going to be a big minivan here. night. Matt Memo yeah. was like... Hafa Rusho spent a few moments with those No, <laughs> but he wasn't a minivan. He was like uh, the little... Uh, T-Rex? A little uh, go-ped you saw on Dumb and Dumber. Huh? Yeah. Okay, all right. <laughs> I'm just thinking. Gets 80 <laughs> miles to the gallon on that hog. Yeah. You still want to yeah. go to Aspen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, okay. So, but that, that's the reason why I say that, is that, to me, is the most encouraging thing. Is that the way the ball's moving, the number of passes per game. Um, this team uh, is kind of, what, those last 18, games i think they're top 10 defensively and they're number one on offense i think they can get back to top five defensive level and top five offensive level with consistency i think that's real i didn't buy that as a legitimate realistic situation for that like that 08 team that 08 team was not a good road team and this team i think is a very proven road team so that that, those are the reasons why i throw that we're all excited about the streak that you know was 10 games we're all excited about the last 14 out of 16 but what we're really excited about is is we don't feel like we have reached the the, oh, yeah. the top. You're right. There's a couple more levels. A couple more levels, and it's going to be exciting to see what happens. Uh, speaking of doing a, a couple more levels, people have a couple more levels in the way that they can earn income. Tri-Day trading is a big part of that. Yeah, we'll make this quick and to the point, but a lot of people could use some extra money or supplement their current income, or they want to take advantage uh, and control their financial future. This is just one opportunity that you should check out. Whether it's for you or not, that's the questions we're going to try to answer. We're doing it in person tomorrow night with a lemma down at our office right off the Thanksgiving point exit. All you have to do is go to our website, TridayTrading.com, register because we need to have the numbers there so we can have dinner waiting for you. (laughs) Get those questions answered. And if you want to try it out after we explain those things, $10 for 30 days. We'll spend one-on-one time with you. We'll do everything we can to figure out if this is what you've been looking for and if we can help you get there. What what about someone who maybe uh, is is in school trying to get their degree but also needs a job, can't fit a full-time job in with a full schedule of school? Is this something they would be inter- might be interested in checking out? Yeah, the fun thing is five to eight hours is kind of a minimum window you need to look you know, if you want to make a difference, if you want to make some money that actually changes your situation, five to eight hours per week, those five to eight hours can be done any time of the day or night. The only exception is the time we have to take off from Friday afternoon, about one or two, till Sunday afternoon, about one or two. Mm-hmm. So you have to take weekends off. Oh, darn. Other than that, you're good. All right, man. So make sure you head on down there. Lehigh, visit with Alema. 
talk some great BYU football stories, uh, find out how you can uh, make some extra money as well. Right down there. Talk some great BYU football stories of a lemma watching on the sideline. Yeah, or uh, recovering a fumble in the Citrus Bowl. Okay. Yeah. Or that. I think it might have been his fumble. I, I'd have to double check. I don't know. Don't I think it was it. Tau. In the, in the words of uh, of uh, Austin Horton, don't look it up. Don't, don't look it up. Just trust me. <laughs> hey, thanks so much, Ryan. Appreciate you, you, man. All right. We'll hear what Royce O'Neill had to say earlier this morning after uh, signing the deal uh, that was put forward, that extension. Terrific one as well. We'll get you ready for the Jazz and the Indiana Pacers coming up later on tonight. You're listening to The Big Show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. So put your hands together and please welcome. This is Utah's best sports radio. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. I love this song. Absolutely love this song. I love San Francisco as well. You've been to San Francisco. Yeah, last night my wife and I were uh, talking just how much uh, we miss San Francisco and want to go visit again. Uh, My favorite part, though, is when they'll they'll have a game on and they'll show the Golden Gate Bridge and be like, the 49ers. I'm like, that is an hour and 10 minutes away. Well, what are they going to show Without you? traffic. What are they going to show you in Santa Clara? <laughs> Here's the Kmart vacant building. Here's a uh, bus stop over there that'll help you get to HP Pavilion, if they yeah. still call it that. Here's an abandoned Blockbusters building. Uh, there you go, folks. Here's the uh, SJC airport. Here's uh, the 21st Denny's in the country. <laughs> what are they going to do in Santa Clara? Okay, all right, it's fair. All right. But just every, Come on now. Every time they show it, it's like, that is... Fisherman's Wharf is a ways away from that. It's similar. Let's say let's say they had a uh, a Springville High uh, a football game uh, on the television. They kept showing shots of uh, I don't know downtown Ogden. They're like, yep, here you go. Yes, welcome on back to welcome, Utah. Welcome to Springville, <laughs> and it's 25th Street in Ogden. It's like, nah, mm-mm. not close. Historic downtown, <laughs> third and five. Yeah, <laughs> which. Uh, Santa Clara or Springville? Which one do you like better? Tony? Oh boy, ah, <laughs> man! No. But, uh, but I, I, I do see that. I'm, I'm excited for the Super Bowl matchup, man. I, I this is kind of what I wanted going into the weekend. Sorry to your Titans, but I, I really you did. jerk. I wanted Kansas City and San Francisco. I thought these were the two best. Thought, Are these the two best teams in the league? Uh, yes, and I think so. They got they got, got it right. Baltimore's time, huh? right there. You know they're. Right oh, are there. they? Because yes. they lost okay. to the Titans. Okay, so you, you re- so who's bet who's a better team this year, Tony? Tennessee or Baltimore? If we grade it as like who a, went further? A full, well, who went further? That's, of course, that's head to right. head, <laughs> head to head matters, man. Head to head matters. <laughs> you're just you're just jealous uh, that we have a quarterback and you don't. Oh yes, well. Every team does compared to my team, so it's not that far off with mine. The Bears, yeah, that's that's pretty bad. Anyway, but the Titans got exactly where I thought they'd get. When the season started, I told you You they're going to AFC championship, ten point lead in the AFC title game on the road, threatening Mm -hmm. to go all the way. Now I said it'd be against the Jets, but no, just kidding. (laughs) No, but but I I like this matchup. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I thought yesterday's games uh, there was intrigue in the AFC title game, but once the Chiefs turn it on. It just doesn't feel like anybody's getting in their way. Including the Niners? But I think this Niner team can be mm. different, and that's why I like this matchup. And you pretty, you, you've you already given your Super Bowl prediction. Yeah, 28-23, Casey. 
So can we put that down right now and, and put it in stone and, and make it a cold pipe lock? As my co-host would say, a cold pipe lock. 28-23. So you're not going to change from that tomorrow? Uh, oh, no, of course what not. If, what when if, have I ever changed on a prediction? What if there, What if Patrick Mahomes, I don't even want to, what if a, what if a very prominent player for the ch- for the chefs uh-huh. comes up gimpy in practice tomorrow? As long as Dirty Dan is good to play, the Chiefs are going to be just fine. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, all right. Daniel Sorensen, man. He's good. He's he's uh, come a long what way. What a great story. And the fact that they're embracing that guy the way they are, good for them. But Bronco <clears> didn't <throat> make NFL players, Tony. Just let, just remember well, yeah, that. right. No, right. Bronco was bad at putting guys in the NFL. Here's what I'll say. The Kansas City Chiefs, Please. that team is, what is it, 50 years uh, since they've won the Super Bowl or even gone. Super Bowl four, 23-7 over the Vikings. It's been so long. But the situation they have now, they're back there. Their fan base is excited. They've had teams that are good but not quite good enough or they've had a shortcoming in the playoffs. And now here they are being able to break through. When a small market team does something like that, it gets me excited to think that a small market team, quote air quotes, small market team in Salt Lake City is capable to do that in the Jazz, that someday that'll break through. And maybe it's this year. Maybe it's in future years. Here's what I like with the Utah Jazz and the Royce O'Neal uh, signing right there is they're trying to make sure that they solidify a good cultural core of guys that are going to be contributing members to the eventual championship day or championship window if it hasn't already arrived. Yeah. We'll and, see if it, you know, what happens the rest of the year. And at a price where they will still have some room to work and add. Yes. They'll still be able to add and, and get pieces that will supplement to a championship level. Yeah. Here's Royce O'Neill from earlier today on DJ and PK. We're joined right now by Royce O'Neill, Utah Jazz man, getting the contract extension. Royce, good morning. Good morning. How you guys doing? We're doing well. So when you get the call from your agent, and even if you didn't have the deal at that point, but you knew their offer and you knew how things were going to work out, did you have a moment where you thought, wow, Denver to Baylor to Germany to Spain to NBA Summer League, and the, the dream, it, it worked out. Here you are. You're in the league for four more years for $36 million. Um, Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, you know, like you said, what's – once he called me and told me, you know, uh, like I was just like in shock, like surprised, you know, because, you know, just thinking about how far I came, you know, my journey and everything, like I've been around for, you know, more years than NBA, something I always dreamed of since I was a little kid. Yeah, obviously everybody dreams that and you're living the dream, but I want to know from you, Royce, because you got to this point through your edge by grinding and giving everything you have. So how do you make sure you don't take that approach, wow, I've arrived, because in order for you to be successful individually, you still have to have that hunger? Um, I think just, you know, it's just something I always grew up with, um, you know, playing-wise, always having that chip on my shoulder, you know, uh, always wanting to get better every day. And then always thinking or having that mentality that there's always somebody that's, you know, trying to come for your spot. But I think just overall, basketball, you know, for a living, wanting to get better, be, you know, become somebody in this league. You know, a big part of this deal has been your ability to learn to shoot the three-pointer. Every NBA team needs that. They're looking for guys who can do it. Your percentage has risen every year. You're in the mid-40s now. How many three-pointers do you have to shoot? How, what kind of routine do you have to have to learn to do that at the level you're doing it? 
I think just, you know, becoming consistent with it. You know, during the summer, I can't even count up the number of threes that I shoot, like, every day. I mean, and then, like, I mean, even now throughout the season, you know, every day shooting at least 100 and just having that confidence when I get in the games and then shooting the ball, you know, being comfortable with it. Joe Ingles talks about how when he got cut by the Clippers, he was thinking, okay, that's it. I gave him my best shot, and maybe I'm not going to make it. And then we know what happens, and the Jazz pick him up, and he goes on to these great lengths. Along your process, did you ever have any doubt of whether you would make it? I mean, I don't don't think I ever had doubts, but, like, you know, it was was times I was disappointed. You know, I I always felt like I was, like, close to making it. Um, you know, after, like, coming back from playing overseas to doing, like, uh, mini camps and then playing summer league each year and always being, like, right there but not, you know, getting that opportunity. So it was, like, I wouldn't say I always had doubts, but it was definitely some disappointment. But I always just, you know, kept my dream alive that I was going to make it one day. I was going to try to do whatever I had to do to get there. I see that one shot, one opportunity. Well, you're not only getting this opportunity because of your work ethic and your individual success and stats, it's because you fit well into the team and the team is doing well. And we all know that this hasn't been the toughest stretch of schedule and you guys have been winning night after night. But the schedule is getting more difficult. There are more playoff teams ahead here in the next three weeks or so. How much does that excite you right now? And how much is it just hey, it's the NBA, when's the next practice, when's the next game, let me know what time i got to make, be there for the bus. I think it's every, like, every day just waking up, you know, realizing that you get to play basketball for a living, you know, that's very exciting. And in every game is exciting, you know, uh, you're going out there competing hard every day, playing with your teammates, you know, it's fun. And trying to win as many games as you can, you know, trying to get as far as you can everybody working to that playoff goal and much more. Why didn't you want to test what could possibly be ahead of free agency and you wanted to, once they offered it to you, to go ahead and say, yeah, I'm going to make that commitment to the Jazz? Uh, I just, you know, thought about everything, you know, the situation I was in, you know, um, team-wise, you know, I feel like we have a great team that can, you know, be competing, you know, in the future of a couple more years for a championship, uh, the guys that are around me, being comfortable here in Utah, um, and then you never know what can happen creatively-wise, so I, I mean, I feel really comfortable, you know, with the guys, the team, coach, uh, the front office people, and, you know, just the opportunity that they gave me, you know, one to keep me here, and then for me to be around more than years to come. What do you feel is, like, your next big challenge? Just keep getting better. You know, I don't try to limit myself or challenge myself like that. Think about it too much. Um, as long as I, you know, keep developing, uh, you know, keep being the person that I am, I feel like I'm going to get better. All right, you hear Royce O'Neal. You can hear that interview in its entirety, 1280thezone.com. A guy that's very grateful, a guy that's very humble, a guy that really earned uh, this most recent deal. And most importantly, he's going to be a valuable piece to that. This is not just a try-hard guy and a really wonderful little story. No, this is a guy that uh, doesn't just want to arrive to this point. 
I think he's going to have that burning desire to grow and not only uh, earn that money, but continue to produce at a very high level and continue to be an even bigger member for this team. Yeah, he's not going to be missing. Uh, he's he, he's not going to be missing jump shots or turning balls over or uh, uh, missing defensive assignments because he's counting his dollar bills. Uh-huh. That's not Royce O'Neill. Royce yeah. O'Neill is only going to be at the very worst as good as he's been to this point with his work ethic. Yeah. It's never going to go down from here. It can only go up. Yeah. It, or stay the same. And if it, even if it stays the same, come on, look where he is. He deserves this contract, and he's going to be integral for the Utah Jazz. Yeah, when Rudy got his big contract, people thought, oh, what does that mean for him going forward? <laughs> now, he's got the right mindset. The Jazz yeah. are able to identify guys that don't just like to play, win, and get paid. They like to compete. They like to work, and they're driven to constantly get better. And and that is why I think this was a good move. All right, uh, don't forget that the Utah Jazz Insider Report on Mondays brought to you by Divi, the modern financial platform for business. See how you can sm- uh, spend smarter at GetDivi, D-I-V-V. Com. Uh, when we come back, we'll give you our final thoughts here today, get you ready for the Jazz Game Night pregame show with Ben Anderson and Scotty G right here on the Zone Sports Network. I'm here to introduce the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about from the guys you know and trust. Go Turn it up. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. Yeah, yeah. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Band of the Day brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets, get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. Journey today because the 49ers are going to the Super Bowl. Absolutely. Summers to Perry, by the way, at a Giants game once in October. Big game. Uh, place is packed and tense, and there was a crazy situation where the Giants were like rallying, and there was a call to the bullpen, and during that, they started playing this song. And when the song hyped up, and got to its great point. They showed him in a suite with his hat off, and he was like getting into it. And the aisle, oh, the crowd went absolutely crazy. It was Gr- awesome. Greatest voice of all time, or greatest voice of all time ever? Ooh, one of one of the very best. I'll go Whitney Houston. He's number one. Okay. <laughs> That's pretty good. You're like, oh, That's pretty yeah, good. her. Because I also, and I thought of another one. I like Chris Cornell okay. a lot too. So, all right. Those three, those three. I'll pick from those three. Yeah. You, uh, we'll call it. A, we'll you call have it a tie. Them ahead of Roseanne Barr, I see. Because I slightly. Know you, oh, uh, you're the only one to stand I mean, up for her after that anthem. But. I mean, uh, it's, I'm, they're ahead of her by le- light years in politics <laughs> and by uh, uh, minutes <laughs> in voice, there. singing voice. Huh? All right, join the big show Thursday, <laughs> three to six at the warehouse, eighty-six East University Parkway in Orem. As you know, Austin price is so low it will blow your mind. Better believe. Believe it. You know what else will blow your mind? Ah, what's that? The three biggest areas the Jazz have improved in since let's go the last time they played the Pacers, and this proves to me uh, why it's real and not just the schedule. They've gone from uh, 23rd in turnovers per game to 13th. They've gone from 21st in transition defense each game to 13th, and in offensive rating, this is the big one: 22nd in the NBA on November 27th, Mm. second 
in the NBA on January 20th, between that those dates, I Amazing. should say. Amazing. You'd it's love real. To see it. Jazz and Pacers tonight. Don't forget Scotty G and Ben Anderson here for the Jazz Game Night pregame show coming up. Joining us right now, Ryan from Triday Trading. What's going on, Ryan? Hey, man. I'm getting excited for this game, too. I am. I'm fired up. Um, the Pacers had a great win last night over the Denver Nuggets. And we're going to say thank you. The Pacers have... What you call a winning streak. It has happened before. And it uh, ends today. They're tough, man. They are really, really tough. And they're tired. To put together five in a row, but second night of a back-to-back coming Denver to here. I like Utah to win this one. Good. For dang sure. All right. Glad you're back on our side. Well, people- <laughs> Finally. Well, <laughs> give them five minutes. People- Because uh, this, this usually comes with the caveat, <laughs> but they're not the Lakers. But uh, you have a way to get people on your side when it comes <laughs> to making money with Tri-Day Trading. Yes, we do. And we're doing a big event tomorrow. I want to let everybody know. Um, you can come in person. If you've wondered about day trading, if you've had any questions about it at all, if you want to make some extra money, we all could use a little extra. And around any schedule... Have an event tomorrow down at Thanksgiving Point. Go to our website, trydaytrading.com. It's a dinner and then a really a quick question and answer. You can talk to some people that are, are making a full-time income day trading. But uh, come and check it out. We'd love to have you. Trydaytrading.com is where you can register. What All time right. is the, the seminar tomorrow? 630 Okay. 6.30, we'll have dinner A.M., P.M.? Yeah, in the P.M. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, for sure. What's the number one question you get, Ryan, and what is your answer? Number one question we always get is, why would anybody let you trade their money? I mean, because it is kind of weird. The reason that we're able to do that, number one, our software gives us this opportunity to win way more than we lose. But the biggest thing is we're able to diversify. We have and I like to say an army of traders that are trading at different times of the day, different times of the night. They're trading in different markets. There are so many different ways that we could be trading that having more people doing it in different places really makes sense for us mm. when we're winning. The Jazz have been able to get so much out of their players because they're coached really well. You are going to get the most out of your money because you will be coached really well. You have people to help uh, kind of help with the lingo, uh, understand exactly what things mean and, and the next best, uh, best step. That coaching is a big, big part of why you guys are successful. Absolutely. No matter where you start, you don't have to have a financial background. You don't even have to have a big interest in, in, in the finances other than wanting to make more money. I love and it. we will help you get to where you want to be because we'll both make money when you're a successful trader. Ryan, thanks for being with us. I'll see you on the court. Thank you, guys. All right. Don't forget Scotty G, Ben Anderson coming up next. Jazz Game Night pregame show on the other side. Thanks to Alex Lumberg on the other side of the glass today. 97.5, 1280 The Zone.